Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Well, today we are welcoming back the incredible Elena Danan. She was here with us a little over a year ago, uh, promoting her book, A Gift from the Stars. And now she's back because she has a new book, an incredible book. Actually, what she describes as her most important book, which is The Cedars, which talks about how we were created, where humanity comes from. So much information is in this book. It's, it's incredible. And we're going to get to that. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the market that you can find on planet Earth. There's nothing else like it. Why is that? It is because the extraction method, how the CBD is extracted from the hemp flower is a proprietary process, meaning no one else has it. It contains no chemicals, no solvents, no gases were used in the extraction process. It's 100% natural. In fact, the product is 100% organic and the flower is 100% organic organ grown hemp. This proprietary method was developed by a man named Howard Hitt, AKA Big H, and it's a family owned business. He's 76 years old, a wonderful family, him, his wife, Judy, they're incredible. And there are three styles, maximum strength, King Cobra, regular strength, little King Cobra and wild thing CBD for pets because we want our pets to have the best possible medicine for their ailments. And we do have a discount code, which gets you free shipping on any order in the continental United States, the 48 United States. And that code is big H B I G and the letter H again, that gets you free shipping. And there is a money back guarantee. If you do not like the product, you get to keep the product, you get your money back. And if you had to pay shipping, you get that shipping money back as well. It's a complete win-win situation. You have to try this. If you've been wondering about CBD, if you've been wondering about the healing properties, this is the highest quality on the planet. So you will experience that in the best possible way. So go check it out, people. Howard hits available via his website to communicate. His phone number's there, his email. You can call him and talk to him directly. Get a bottle. Blue Cobra CBD oil. And it is found at bluecobracbd.com. Again, that is bluecobracbd.com. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, you can click that button. It connects us. So when people like Elena Danan come on, you know exactly what's going on. You get that notification. You can instantly listen to get that download on every level. You download the download. And of course, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. They're your friends, they're your family. You know these people. Bring them here, midnightsonearth.com. Okay, so we're just about to talk to Elena. But first, I need to read her bio. So here we go. Born in France, Elena Denan graduated in fine arts in Paris and completed a postgrad in archaeology at Lavray University. Hereditary shaman, she also studied pagan spirituality, magic, and alchemy. In addition, Elena was trained and ordained as a druidess. She worked as a field archaeologist for 20 years of her life, among which eight years was in Egypt as an engineer for the CNRS. An extraterrestrial contactee since childhood, Elena Denan became an emissary from the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Her international bestsellers, A Gift from the Stars, We Will Never Let You Down, and The Cedars, which we're going to be talking about today, detail the various interactions with interstellar races and the messages they have for humanity. And she's here with us again. Elena, hello. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Jake. Thank you for welcoming me again. (laughs) You're back. This is so cool. Your book. (laughs) My God, the cedar. It is incredible. The amount of information, the density of information, the history. There's so much going on here. Yes, there's a lot. It's a lot of information packed in this last book. Yes. Yes. And most importantly, it seems like it is the history of humanity from the perspective of the beings that seated us here. The creators, you could say. No, I've been made in contact (laughs) with all these different beings who seated um, humanity and, uh, well, yes, a whole adventure. Yes, it's been... An amazing journey for you, but let's remind people briefly. Now, the last time you were on our show, we talked at length about your history and and how you came to be the person you are today. But let's just remind people briefly about how you first came into contact with the entities you're communicating with and the history that you have with them. Well, um, I would say my memories of contact with them uh, goes back to my birth and uh, beyond. But, well, the first memories were when I was a toddler and I was taken on board a ship and uh, with benevolent beings of the Council of Five, those who look after the envoys on Earth. And uh, I had a wonderful experience there, very beautiful. And when I was nine years old, it was the next contact. I was abducted by Zeta Small Grace for the account of the Nebu hybridization agenda. The Nebu are the Orion Tall Grays, the bad Grays. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Um, and I was rescued by the Galactic Federation of Worlds 
And that's when the adventure started because I kept contact with these people who rescued me and uh, there was a, a mission to uh, unfold and to develop from, from there for all my life. Yes. Yeah, so throughout your life, you've maintained contact as an emissary for the Galactic Federation of Worlds. And they've asked you to give several messages to humanity. Yes, in fact, I was. I had these contacts all my life at the rate of uh, two to three times a year. I was physically taken on board ships or they would beam into my room physically. And uh, when um, in 2018, they took me on board a ship and they explained to me that uh, things were going to change on Earth and my mission was um, starting as an emissary. And since 2018, I'm messages to earth people, earth civilians, and I've been also put in contact with other groups other than the Galactic Federation of this in this galaxy, uh, Intergalactic Confederation, and uh, also their upper management, the nine supra-consciousnesses, and also recently uh, the positive faction of the Anunnaki coming back to help us. So... Yeah, it's been a lot of things to... <laughs> There's a lot that's been it's... going on. A lot has changed since the last time we talked. But before we get into that, just remind <laughs> us one more thing. Just remind us very briefly, who is Val Thor and Thor Hong? Okay. There are two different people. Yes. Val Thor is a Tal Venusian is um is being involved is is an ambassador he's been involved in the um, with the Eisenhower not the Eisenhower administration with president Eisenhower right only and Valthor came was um came to start the secret space program the progressive and positive secret space programs, the same programs as William Tompkins worked uh, in, 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 and it was the U.S. Navy. Uh, um, so that's what Val Thor came for. Now, Thor Han is an officer in the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Of world. He lives at the moment, he's signed on a mothership in orbit, in a high orbit of Earth. And um, we are very close. He was the one, the person who rescued me when I was nine years old. Yes. And I am, he is my contact. He's my contact. I have also other contacts uh, in upper hierarchy in the Galactic Federation of Worlds, but he's my main contact. Um, that's who, he, who these two people are. So yes, these are the two people that you seem to interact with the most. In your books, you talk the most about these two and they're incredible beings. I love the things that they say. I love what they bring to the table and also their incredible energy. There's so much yeah. love there. There's so much like stable love, this like very calm, powerful love that seems to emanate from these beings just from reading about them in these books. You catch the frequency very well because you know when you you raise in a, um, a higher frequency of consciousness because that's what the raising in frequencies is about. It's about consciousness. You the, the frequency you are going to tune with and be. It's love. Uh, it's this, uh, love is there, and it's natural frequency from you from all the beings I've I've had I've get I've got to meet upstairs as I, I call it <laughs> <laughs> and the higher 
in frequency of consciousness they are, the, the stronger they radiate love. Um, and it's it's wonderful. Because if you think about source, just pure source, you're thinking source as infinite love. So as yes. beings of different yes. consciousness levels kind of are a step down and a step down from pure source, there's still so much pure love that it's almost difficult to process them as an individual, but yet they are still separate from source. Yes, uh, we all we are all a fractal of source yes. uh, consciousness. But um, we we have our evolution. We we are we want to experience source experiences um, this through sending fractals of itself. Um, so we are kind of unaware, but aware at the same time when we are in the lowest level of consciousness. For instance, you know. Um, when we start as as a cellular, a vegetal, a mineral, and well, or the other way around, and then we 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 are st we are aware of our connection because we are freshly uh, uh, come coming from sources like the, a little child who will be aware of wisdom that uh, is repressed later on, and that's what happened when you start to incarnate into the human process, because human incarnation is the most fantastic experience to experience all the emotions of being human. And that is quite extraordinary. And to experience the emotions, you need to forget, otherwise you will not experience them truly, fully. Right. So that's why incarnating into human we decide we agree to forget for the experience and then <laughs> th that is when you believe you don't feel the connection with source anymore and it is by remembering who you are that you reconnect not with source because you never lost the connection but you reconnect with your awareness yes of being a fractal of it Wow. And that's part of the human, the individual human journey. And truly that's our story collectively as humans. I mean, as we evolve individually, then of course we all evolve collectively. And then we truly get to that place where humans are activated. And I do want to talk about your book. Some good news is in your book. The, we were not talking about this the last time that we had our interview, but something really good has happened that you detailed in the Cedars. And that is the matrix has fallen. The star system yeah. was won back. Anil's minions have lost Terra. They cracked the code of the hive. All of these things have happened. The dying black goo. My God, that's huge. So we, we, we've made it. We've made it past the threshold of development that yes. is holding us back. Tell me about this. This is so huge. <laughs> well, I mean, um, our radiation into a fully free level three civilization is highly yes. celebrated by. Yes, I know. <laughs> we made it. The thing is, the matrix is in the process of collapsing. So the only way the matrix will take more time to 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 collapse is by us feeding it right by fear fear porn loss of hope um 
all of this. So that's the, what the deep state is trying to do very, very, very hard. Yes. Uh, fear porn narratives, confusion, uh, division, all these things that are feeding still the, the black goo. And the black goo is disconnected. It's, it's a dead thing now, but we are, the only way it's still a little bit alive is because we are feeding it. They can't feed it anymore, the, the deep state. They, they, they've lost it. It's a dying thing. But they managed to, because we we were plugged to it, they managed to manipulate as much as individuals as they can by fear, porn, and division, and etc. that we, we, we nourish it. You know, that's the trap. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's so great because what you're saying is, we were under some sort of spell. There was some sort of situation happening mm. that was out of our control where we were trapped in this matrix, but the people that were controlling it, the people that were truly powering it from outside, not just ourselves, they left. They were, they were expelled mm. from our cluster, our sector of the universe, but we are still feeding the remnants of it. There's still kind of this machine that's encapsulating earth that's dying, that we're feeding with our fears. And all we have to do is turn it off and it goes away. So now it's up to us. Yes. Yes, we are in control and human. We've been groomed to be very manipulable by emotion. Yes. So um, we need to shut down the, the the noise the distraction and turn within and focus on who we are on our personal evolution healing our wounds why listen just this thing why am i reacting emotion emotionally to an information that comes to me and i cannot control this emotion and this emotion is taking over my actions so that, that's not right so you need to go within and as an observer what happened in my life or previous life, uh, that I react like this, find it and heal it, giving it love and telling this person that was the ancient you or, or younger you, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's all right now, you know? So that's how we get empowered. And yes. once we are not able to be manipulated by emotion, <laughs> We're invincible. I know invincible. The, uh, the humans are unlocked at that point. And you talk about how hope was a big catalyst yes. that because we retained that hope that we really, that's what helped us persevere. But is it also hope and faith? Because the hope we, we, we assume we kind of understand that it's going to happen but the faith is also the power that believes that knows it's going to happen what do you think about that yes faith and hope at the same level as a, as the same concept got it faith faith in ourselves in the the, the to be convinced that we are going to make it anyway and that that's the hope faith in hope and um that is the only way we can win wars when you discourage the army of your enemy they don't want to fight anymore they're not at their best and they have lost already you know right. i came here to make sure that humanity doesn't lose hope okay <laughs> and uh, i'm doing my best <laughs> Well, me too. That's kind of what we do here at this podcast. We are not doom and gloom. 
I say no to doom and gloom. Doom and gloom is a paradigm. It programs <laughs> you to stay in a lower frequency, in a lower density. Yes. If you have faith and hope, that means you're creating the reality that you want with that faith and hope, which is the reality of heaven on earth, that united earth. And we can do that with that co-creative ability that's powered by faith and hope. Yes, uh, our souls as humans are able to create, to manipulate the matrix of reality and to manifest the reality, to make it happen. Okay, And these bodies, these human bodies have an incredible DNA cocktail that yes. is amplifying it. So we can do it. And the enemy knew that we are going to call it the DS. Okay. Um, they, so they are manipulating, they have been manipulating humanity that we create what they want mm. to happen. Right. Okay. Yes. By influencing us to create fearful events, uh, wars, thing, conflicts. We do it. We do it. Imagine if uh, we would say, no, I'm not going to war. No, I'm going to hug this person, not kill her. Or, you know, I'm going to have an adult conversation and not argue. Or When you refuse to play their games, they've lost, you know. Yes, and they are very aware of this. They've been using these tools via propaganda and other programming for a very long time, potentially even thousands of years. We don't even really know how far back the programming goes, but we do know that the techniques are being used because those images, the things we see in advertising, television, movies, they get impressed on our subconscious mind. And it's our subconscious, yeah. our collective subconscious that builds the reality that we live in. If we can take control of that as humans and, and use that with, as a tool of love, just think of what you could do. We can do anything. Anything. Absolutely <laughs> anything. Yeah, that's that's the words of uh, one uh, young man I know upstairs. He's a terraformer, and uh, he said, "Once you uh, control the, the the use of the frequency of love uh, to imprint the planetary matrix, even the universal matrix, you can do anything." And he added, "Absolutely, everything." <laughs> Well, I'm glad we're tapping into that right now, but let's talk about the, the DNA of humans. Okay. So in your book, you say we are a hybrid of 21 different species, like the tinkering different advanced civilizations have come to earth and uh, looked at us, uh, kind of analyzed us and helped us along with various tweaks and, and things and design changes. Yes. Um, this goes back a very long time ago. There has been many influences by coming by waves on planet Earth. The first influence, uh, people don't like to hear that, but that's what happened, uh, were Naga reptilians and they found Earth. Earth was about to develop life forms, but it was going to go, uh, of what I know, more into a dominant reptiloid planet regarding the conditions um, and uh, these uh, reptiloids came and I went, oh my God, that's a planet for us. We're going to set <laughs> settle here and change the atmosphere to really make it great and boost the reptiloid uh, genomes on this planet. 
And uh, so that happened. And a little bit later, the Intergalactic Confederation uh, noticed that and said, hey, these ones are... Um, taking over this planet and it's not theirs uh, all life forms on this planet need to stand a chance so they got rid of the reptilians and they tried to repair what damage had been done to earth and give every life form equal chance of survival of development and they called it uh with passion they had earth earth experiment a new experiment for them and as they there they were a group of 24 scientists from the intergalactic confederation they um they they are working at seeding that's why they call the seeders at seeding life in the galaxy taking barren worlds terraforming them bringing life it's their passion their great experiment and earth was one of them so they repaired it they put it to original state of nature and they decide to boost one little animal into developing into human being and they 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 tried this experiment but it was even more uh, than that they decided the conditions were so great on this planet that they were going to create an extraordinary human with uh they brought um at the time i think it was 11 different genomes for different places in this galaxy and different galaxies and uh they were coming and going uh because you know genetic uh, evolution it takes hundreds of thousands of years for it to really develop with the environment in harmony with the planet and the etheric spheres also to develop at the same time well they were coming and going coming and going and one day when they were not there <laughs> the Anunnaki found us <laughs> and um that was 332,000 years ago and um they say oh my god we're gonna have that have that um and this is uh, this planet has so so much resources we're gonna take a lot for us and uh oh these prime primary uh primitive humans they're uh they're not very clever we are going to use them as workforce and that's how they decide to um engineer them to, to modify them uh to enhance them to be slave workforce but when that happened, <laughs> um, they discovered that, oh my goodness, these are not usual uh, beings. They have so much uh, genetic potential in them. And that's when um, problems started because two factions of Anunnaki fought among themselves because they were not okay with uh, with that idea, you know. So, and, that's, uh -huh. and then in history, um, other people from this galaxy came as colonies on Earth and intermingled with us as well. So at the end, it gave 22 different genomes, 21 plus uh, original creature. Oh, wow. So it wasn't just uh, the genetic manipulation. There was also other humanoids being transplanted to this planet to colonize it. So it was a mixture of all of that. Yes. We are, oh. so we have our DNA, the Terran human DNA 
is a very expensive currency in this in this galaxy, even universe. You know, uh, it's very special. We are not a unique uh, case. There are many other worlds like us, but in this sector of the galaxy, yes, we are um, quite unique. Wow! And did they choose Earth strictly because of its environment, being in the Goldilocks zone, the resources, yeah. or was there another layer, like a, a magical or ethereal layer or something about the spirit of Gaia, which was attractive? Well, at the, mo- at the time the, the cedars discovered uh, Earth, uh, all the etheric levels uh, layers were not fully formed. So um, it was because it was in the, yeah, as we call it, the Goldilocks zone and the environment, the potential. Um, yes, it was okay. a great ground for experiment. <laughs> I happen to love Earth. I-, I love humanity and I love our wonderful planet. So I think it was a great choice. Great choice. Yes, a great thing. <laughs> but, you know, the matrix is falling. We are activating. There's only one timeline, as you talk about in your book. Oh, yes. Some people oh God, talk yes. about this timeline split, some densities of humanities go, going to this lower earth and the higher density going to this higher earth. But you set the record that's, straight in your book. And I really loved you for that. That's new age bullshit. <laughs> well, tell me again, because it's, see, I, I totally agree with you. When I read that in your book, I was like, yes, of course. There's only one destiny. There's only one path for all life. Tell us about that. Let's set the record straight. <sighs> Jake, there's so much, so much new age bullshit to be <laughs> Um I'm, I'm, I'm a party pooper when it comes to that. You That's know. okay. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. I have physical contact. I have direct contact. I'm one of them, and I can tell what I know, and I can, I cannot lie. And oh yeah, no, I say what is. Right. And um, well, if you want me to go through it, on my website, elenadanan.org, there is a page uh, debunk and you, I went through all the points on it. Well, no, it's the same one planet, one timeline. Yes. Okay. And we're all shifting together. There is no two planets, two <laughs> timelines. No, that's bullshit. Okay. Nobody's going to save us. No. Nobody is going to save you. Nobody is going to activate you. There isn't going to be any um, cosmic event that is going to do the work for you. All of this is made to make of you someone passive, waiting, instead of doing the, the work of raising your consciousness yourself. You need to do it yourself. No one and nothing is going to do it for you. That's the trap, okay? And uh, all these new age bullshit narratives have been really very cleverly put into the psyche of humanity since uh, for the last decade. And um, no, you are doing the work yourself. One planet, one timeline. And it's one path and you're one consciousness. You're not splitting into different bodies. Human soul doesn't do that. There's one species that I know that does that, that splits consciousness. It's the Gemin from another galaxy. It's not here. (laughs) So you're unique in every sense. Yes. And I think that that's also a very hopeful message because what it does is it requires all of us to heal together, to grow together. So we may, 
you know, uh, people like myself and yourself and our friends and people that are in a similar frequency, you know, we, we may see ourselves as further along the path, but really it's all of us together. So we're only on the part of the path where the person at the lowest point is in a sense, because we all have to evolve together. So we're, we're here to be teachers and leaders. And just like in, you say in your book, it's now time to lead. Yes. We are all, every one of us are leaders. What that means, leading our own reality, leading our own life. And we have all the power as individual, you know, um, to, to create the, the, the reality, the future. And this is what the deep state doesn't want you to know, you know. Yes, and that is why they inject fear, because as you say in your book, fear destroys our personal power. It keeps us in a lower frequency. So there's just fear, fear, fear everywhere. And even the recent global injection program, like you talk about in your book, was designed to connect humanity to this hive queen through activation. It was all evil and fear-based. But thankfully, uh, that operation was terminated by the Galactic Federation, yes. which is really cool yes. because that's something that a lot of people were genuinely concerned about was this infiltration through these injections, whether they're extraterrestrial entities or just a form of poison and genocide. Either way, I, I think of I think of it as the extraterrestrial infiltration, but either way, it was yes. terminated and stopped. So that's some really good news as well. Yes, I, I'm talking in my book about how it was terminated. There are topics I cannot publicly speak on YouTube or my channel will be terminated, you know, but so a book is the best way to pass a message and, um, you know, yes, that's it. Yeah, I know we really can't talk about it. I've had some episodes removed for very basic uh, conversations about things that we should have freedom to talk about, but thankfully so much has happened. So many good things has happened thanks to the intervention of these beings. Yes. And and you're out there with them quite a bit. By the way, this is a, a, a call and challenge to Elon Musk. Can you buy YouTube as well? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because like you say in your book, he has a big role. <laughs> you actually asked specifically about yes. Elon Musk and they told you they couldn't really tell you exactly what was going on, but they did tell you that he is traveling around and he is involved deeply in some of these activities. Yes, yes. I cannot tell more. More, it's in my book. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's Please one, buy YouTube. <laughs> yes, you know, it's this book is so amazing. I mean, I'm really excited about. It. I just, you know, I've read it over the last few days, and I was just really engrossed in it. And one thing you talk about, which is really interesting, is that you talk about the shock of returning to Earth where there's this lower technology, what you call the dark ages earth. And it's hurtful because you're out there with these extraterrestrials. They have this extremely high technology that's all based on love. It's in sync with source. It's in sync with angelic entities. It's this incredible divine technology taking shape in the form of these extraterrestrial beings and what they can work with. But I couldn't help but notice the parallel between your story about this technology and the story of Moses going up to the mountain and getting the 10 commandments, being around this high energy, this high frequency, this high information, and then coming back down. 
to the, the these earthlings that are unevolved a lower frequency and he got frustrated you know and he threw the commandments down he got all pissed off but i couldn't help but notice the parallel it's like the same thing you're going to these advanced high frequency places you're interacting with these beings you're coming back to earth and you're like my god what is wrong with yeah, you I <laughs> I would like also to throw and break the computer the same way sometimes. <laughs> like, but do you see what I'm we? saying, though? Do you see that parallel? It's it's very striking. <laughs> so funny. Yes. Yes. Um, it's it's difficult. You know, if Tesla hadn't been arrested in his um in his work, we would now uh, be 400 years ahead in technology and be in space. You and I broadcasting from a space station somewhere on, I don't know, Pluto or... Yes, or <laughs> Neptune. Know. And that's one thing that you yeah. talk about in your book is we talk about getting these space stations out there. We're talking about putting a new space station on the moon as an, a kind of like a landing point as we... Uh, conduct missions on the moon, but the solar system is already full of advanced technology. There's already yeah. space stations and colonies and terraforming and biodomes on Mars, around Jupiter and Neptune. Like it's all already there. Yes, it's already there because of the secret space program that started in 1950 regarding the, the, the collaboration that Valthor in, installed between the, the Earth military, the US Navy and the, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, notably the Solar Warden program. But there's also all these, you know, there was these uh, black programs like the Nachtwaffen or the, the black um, Air Force programs, all of these. It's there. We have bases in the whole solar system, you know. Um, now what's happening is that um, instead of brutally disclosing the truth, um, NASA and Elon Musk and other people, companies are trying to catch up the narrative like, oh, we're going to build colonies on Mars. Do you know what's happening on Mars? Can you see from Earth what's happening on Mars with your bare eyes? No, you see only what you're told, right. what you're seeing, you know. Uh, you, you, so one day, oh, you will see people building uh, biodomes there. But that, that would be a, a stage because the biodomes are already there, you know. Oh so it's a catch-up narrative <laughs> to protect the their ass, you know. Because, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what's happening. Wow, that's incredible because... We've been out there. We've been interfacing, like you said, since Eisenhower first interacted with, I believe, the Zeta Reticulans. The was it the is that the right race? They first talked to them, I believe, in the fifties and did the training pr trading program. The Zeta Reticulans first took contact uh, by uh, Roswell in nineteen forty seven, and then yes. um, they kept contact with with our, the Zeta Reticulans are the, the the puppets of the Orion Tall Grace, the Nebu. And uh, this neighborhood, the, the bosses, took uh, contact with the Eisenhower administrations in 1955. Right. And yes. And these were these were the 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 the, the evil evil ones, the bosses, you know, and uh, the Eban, the Eban were the the, the bosses. Um, yeah. But these are the ones that were driven out. They have been driven out. The Nibu have been driven out. This is. All this incredible news that's in this book, The Cedars, we're telling you yeah. about this. Elena's here telling you about this now. We have turned a fantastic <laughs> yes. corner. 
we have turned a huge corner as humanity. We are going to the place that we are destined to go. We just have to shed the shit. We have to chisel it off and be done with it. Yes. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Drop drop the shit. That that's exactly what it's it's like a veil. Yes. Drop it. Drop it. The last thing, the last little thing which is crucial is that we stop being manipulated and we embrace our intelligence, our consciousness, of, of our awareness of who we are. That's the last thing to do. And I'm, I'm working so hard to try to help people see that they, they, they are more than they've been told they are. To go within and meet this, this is be, this being inside. Yes. Who's there? That's it. That's all you have to do. And connect with it. Everything else will fall in place or down. Isn't that amazing? Because literally, Elena, when we realize that we are light beings in a physical body, and that's our common definition of consciousness, when we truly, all of us, not just people like myself and yourself and our friends, but all of humanity sees each other as light beings in a physical body, that's when we unlock. That's another step in our activation, you could say. And it's really our yes. place of uniting. It doesn't matter our ancestry, our age, our gender. It doesn't matter anything about how we show up in our vehicle. The one thing that connects all of us is the fact that we're living light inside a physical body. Yes. You remember the Jim Henson movie, Dark Crystal? I, I saw it as a very young child. I don't remember all of it. Yeah. Watch it as an adult now. Oh, wow. Really? At the end, there are two being two two sets of beings who are fighting each other: the dark ones and the, the wise and nice ones, like Yoda ones type, and uh, the idiotic ones. They are fighting each other, and at the end, because the crystal activates, they all merge into each other, and they discover that they are both two parts of the same being and when the two parts merge with each other there's this formidable light being which is tall and magnificent that appear for all of the pairs of them and this is who they are and that i think this is um, a very initiatic movie and i i recommend to watch the, the last scene at the end and it depicts who we are wow well it seems like more and more movements are happening in our awakening. The fact that the Nibu are driven out, the fact that earth is awakening, a lot has shifted. You could, like you said, you felt it personally. There was a physical yes. sensation when that shift happened yes. for you. Yes, yes. And so many other people felt it. When you are in, you reached a certain level of resonance, you felt it. Yes. Um, when a gr this great evil left the planet, when the matrix was disconnected, well, we all felt it and something lifted, something happened. And now all the, the, the bad, the, the dark is coming at the surface to be scooped, you know. I describe why, what this matrix was, this, uh, this evil artificial matrix, okay, which the black goo was the, 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 the earth um, receptor to connect to people. Now this black goo is disconnected from anything. It's dying. Anyway, um, it, 
Yeah, I explained what it was, the technology with the moon and with Saturn. I said no more, but, <laughs> and that has been gone. That's gone now. It's gone. It's gone. Yes. We're free. We need to know it that we are free. We are free. And that's the message that you're here spreading. And you're saying in your book that the transitioning is kind of happening below radar because the chaos of an instant turnover, like if a switch was flipped and people knew the truth about what happened, it would cause incredible chaos. It would just maybe drive yes. people crazy and it, would be, it wouldn't be worth the damage. The distraction, it would cause distraction and distraction would cause chaos and in especially in the sense that we would go out of focus what we need to do more than ever now is to uh finishing finish destroying this this black goo matrix that is just falling by disconnecting from it and embracing who we are so we need to do this job and if suddenly um all the truth came up brutally we would go like, oh, wow, and go into it and forget to do the work. And the matrix would, the, the black goal would still be there trying to blurry all the thing. So we, you know, so it's, it's not yet the moment for that. Um, and also I'm, I'm asked all the time because I'm, I'm talking to uh, my contact upstairs. People on earth ask me, when, why don't they do first contact? We're ready. Yes, you are ready. Um, <laughs> most of us are ready. But, um, what about all those who are not? Oh, it will never happen. The thing is, if some suddenly, um, the Galactic Federation would appear to the civilians, scout ships would arrive on Earth everywhere. Hey, we are here. Um, it would be such a diversion, such a, a disturbance, uh, distraction that we would stop uh, fighting the last remnants of the enemy in all forms, you know. So we need first to do our job, deal with our demons in all levels. And then once we are ready, they come, they, they, they come, they're already here. I mean, they manifest to the civilians. And this is a frequency shift, you could say. So really it's about raising our frequency collectively to a point where we can perceive these beings. Yes. Because one thing yes. I noticed about your book is a lot of, uh, the sites that were being investigated in Egypt, because in your book, you actually detail your whole career as an Egyptologist, which is fascinating, by the way. And um, you talk about how some of these places weren't accessible because literally the people's frequency was not resonant with the place or the item. So they couldn't find it or they just couldn't see it because it wasn't in that dimension. Yes. Yes, what they did, the the people who, the extraterrestrials who put, save this technology and knowledge uh, in holes of records, for instance, they raised the frequency of the place. So then humanity will be able to access it only when they would have raised to that same level of frequency, which we are doing now. We are in the process of that and it's nearly there. Um, that was the safest way to preserve this knowledge and technology. 
Yeah, so it, you could almost walk into an empty cave as a lower density person looking to yeah. exploit uh, antiquities. Like you're trying to find these treasures so you can sell them. And you go in this cavern and it just seems like rocks. But if you were an enlightened being, if you, if you were there for a different purpose, if you were there truly for the sake of humanity, you would see the room. That's how miraculous this is. It's mind-blowing technology. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Talk about mind-blowing technology. Yes, it's um, quite extraordinary. Yes. And one war warning that you were putting out in your book and something that we should talk about is to not mm. be fooled by the grays because yes. it seems like the grays will be the first public contact potentially. And this will kind of be like a false flag, a false contact, but it will be the grays and, and they'll try to seduce humanity, but we can't be fooled by the grays. Can you talk about that some more? Yes, the grays are the greatest deceivers. The grays are the greatest deceivers. Okay. Okay. Um, they have, they could never conquer Earth by force, which they could have done in a second because of the Galactic Federation, who would have stopped them. So what they did, they got the leaders of Earth to agree to be invaded by this greater, the Greater Treaty and what happens with the MJ-12. Officially, they were entitled to be here. Then they tricked us. Then they still couldn't take the planet by force. So what they did they bred themselves in. For decades, there's been these abductions, millions of women and few men um, being abducted for genetic material and breeding hybrids. And uh, why this agenda? For the day when they could use these hybrids switch into their, their body consciousness, their consciousness into the body of these hybrids, because they do that very well, the greys, and just roam on Earth. And suddenly Earth will be switched on to the hive, their hive. And for all the other humans who are not hybrids, they would have in their bodies little things that would switch them on to the hive as well. Cannot talk about these things, so <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> So now there's only last thing that was needed. This was to um, ask humanity to welcome the gray hybrids. Okay. Well, the news is um, we, 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 we can't anymore because welcoming these gray hybrids would have allowed them legally to be here. And the Federation could have said nothing. So the way they, they, they try to do that, the greys, it's to use the mothers, some breeding mothers to be their emissaries. So these mothers would be presented with their ch children and being very emotional about it on board ships. And they would defend with all their heart the, the hybrids agenda. Please welcome the grey hybrids. They are our children. That's extremely evil and Oof. unethical. But it's harsh, it's war, okay? Um, the Galactic Federation say, okay, now that, that's enough with these guys. It's, we're never gonna get out these people out of that. So let's be more cunning than the Greys. So what did it? They changed the Prime Directive. The Federation 
change the prime directive. They 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 added a little uh, close to the the paragraph nine. Remember, nine is a great number, saying that uh, before it was we cannot intervene in the in the decisions of a species to be invaded, kind of, uh, because it's their choice, part of their evolution. They need to learn about it. <laughs> And then they added, but not if uh, they are manipulated by something that is going to destroy them and uh, coerce them into something wrong that is going to destroy them. So that was it. It's been approved um, a few months ago. And uh, now, even if we welcome the greys, they won't come. Oh, They're so much good news. To. Oh, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't that decision uh, based on some of your efforts uh, pleading the case on behalf of us? Yes, I got a bit passionate about it. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, I went. I was invited to the the, the High Council of the, the Federation and um, to witness the decision. That was a gift. That was a reward. Um, and um, yeah, um, because I'm a woman, and I've been abducted myself. I've been tortured myself when right. I was nine years old. So I know what these women went through. Um, I couldn't have children because of that, which is part of my mission, not having children to be free of doing what I'm doing. But, you know, I, I feel for all these women who are on board these ships and getting mutilated and, and harmed, oh, and traumatized. Uh, it's horrible. Um, um, it's like being well, women for the women who listen to that, like to go to the gynecologist. But this, you know, this person is going to harm you. That's it. That's it. And steal, um, and steal your child, potentially your hybrid child. It just is very yeah. evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I could totally get it. And um, so are they going to yeah. try, though? Are the greys going to try to still influence us or are they totally of banished? Course. They're still trying, but they are like going rogue. Ah, because OK, that makes sense. <laughs> Their central power has uh, received a gift. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about it in my book. Yes, they're, they're, they are a bit in a disarray now. Interesting. No, they're not very harmful anymore. Okay. And, you know, getting back a little bit to the premise of your book, The Cedars, there are 24 different races which seeded us. 21 different species which are in our dna so because of that there's a lot of history that we have and you outline that history in the book the cedars which i think is amazing could you tell us about a little bit more about the 24 cultures that seeded us and their history just briefly well, um, we have 11 intergalactic um, genomes. Um, uh, it would be uh, long to tell all the, the names. Um, and uh, after that, you have also uh, the Anunnaki who put uh, their input in there. And right. then the, um, all the, the humans from the Lyra constellation, um, different races of humans. We have insectoids. We have reptilians as well. We, and we have greys. <laughs> I can't deny it. Um, they, you know, but so the thing is, it's important is that 
globally on all the plan on the whole planet, not everyone has the the twenty one extraterrestrial genomes. Isn't it based because on blood type, not, right? Blood types, yes, but not only. Um, um, also genetics. Okay. You know? um, some people will have maybe six extraterrestrial genomes, maybe some others. Well, you have at least 11. Some of them will have 12 or 20, or it depends on uh, our bloodlines, uh, the bloodline of the body these people occupy. It depends on what has interfered with it in history. You know, not not everyone has the, the full uh, cocktail. Some of us, of humans, have, and these people uh, have more potential uh, than others, so they can um, help the others to in their evolution. And you know, um, yeah. So, do you think it uh, that type of person? that type of being that has all of those genomes can attract a star seed consciousness. Like were they created to be vehicles for star seeds, these certain bloodlines, people with the more advanced genomes? That's a very, very good question. You don't need to have the 21st, uh, 20, 21, um, genomes genes in your your blood to be, to welcome a star seed. So not at all. You may have maybe 12. It, it's not an, the amount of number of the quota reach. It's about the genetic uh, nature of you. For instance, uh, if an envoy is uh, a soul from the planetary matrix, uh, I don't know, Silo in the Alpha Centauri system. Okay. Uh, this person will want to incarnate on Earth. So his Silo uh, soul has a certain frequency. So it needs to match. Uh, it needs a uh, earth body, which has also silosy uh, genes uh, for the frequency match. Okay. Okay. So you just need to have the gene uh, of the the soul that is going to incarnate. Oh. That's that's all you need. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And so that then explains why there's different star seeds here coming from different areas of the universe because those specific bodies were influenced by that specific race and their genome. Yes, for instance, uh, an envoy uh, who is uh, an ESB from the planetary matrix where uh, a Laan species uh, leave, uh, leave uh, you know, the Laan or the um, feline humanoids. Well, this envoy uh, soul will need a body on Earth which has the Laan genetics. Right. So if you are a Laan uh, envoy, you you have Laan genetic in your blood. You know, I've been told several times that I have a Lyran, that I'm Lyran. I've heard, I've heard that from several different people independently. So that I must have had some genetic information. I'm half Greek. I'm half German. Maybe I had some sort of genome inter uh, interface with the Lyrans. It depend, depends which species from the Lyra constellation. There are hundreds of species there, and I think maybe <laughs> 10 of them are involved in the Starseed program. Okay, so, so it could be one of 10. To find the, the species. You need to find which species. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the last time that you were on the show, we talked about how when we get to that next golden age, the United Earth, it was kind of undetermined. We thought maybe 
a hundred years, a thousand years. It could take a thousand years, but in your new book, you you've changed that a little bit and you feel like the golden age of humanity could begin in 2024, 20, maybe 2424, but potentially even 2024. So what changed in your perspective? The work of the humans on earth, you know, the, the, we know what events are going to happen. The future is now fixed yes. and anchored and safe. But when it will happen, it's moving all the time because it depends on the job, on the work the humans are doing. You know, if you want, for instance, uh, to reach that humanity reaches this Star Trek future kind of, you know, uh, it's the name now, um, you, you need to make it happen. If you wait for it to happen, it will never happen. <laughs> so you that that's the thing so uh the evaluation of time changes all the time uh the facts are facts i want to remi remind you something um about um the worldly well-known now alex collier in the 1990s he told about what is happening now what was going to happen but everyone laughed at him because 20 years later, oh, it hasn't happened. You were lying. You were lying. No, it has happened. But in 2020, 2023 now, or four, we'll see. It's happening now. The the, the everything we, we we've uncovered about the traffic of the little persons and the reptilians and the underground activities. Alex Collier was talking about it in 1994, yes. even earlier. And everybody laughed at him. Oh, no, you, that has never been confirmed. I'm sorry. It's been confirmed now. Why? Because he got the time wrong. He didn't at the time because when he said that, it was meant to happen very quickly. But because it is a temporal war, it is a timeline war, temporal war. So the dates are, are fluctuating, but the facts are not. Oh. What is going to happen is going to happen when it's moving. So I'm never able to give dates. So it's still within between a year and 100 years, maybe less now, maybe 80 years. It's when it happens. It can happen tomorrow. It can happen in 99 years. It's us to make it happen. But 100 years in the future, it's done. It may be done in five years. Uh, my little idea, which is personal idea. Sure. It's at the at the end of 2023. Wow. Uh, we will be very, very far ahead. But it's my opinion. It may move. Yes, because like you said, there's a temporal war. The event itself is destined to happen. And that's what these people like Alex are seeing. They're seeing the totality, the finality, the permanence of the event. But there's yes. different factors that influence the development of the event. The event's unstoppable, but there's certain things that can shift yes. and move is what you're saying. Exactly. The event is unstoppable. You very well said. But when... It's the, this constant is um, fluctuating. Yes. Well, I thought it was interesting that you said that when the rate of frequency raises, like our frequency, the Earth's frequency, time accelerates. And it seems like yes. everyone notices that time's been speeding up. This is the best explanation of that because we're raising our frequency. It affects how we perceive and interact with time itself. 
Yes, the, the the course of the planet hasn't accelerated around the, the star, the sun. Right, it hasn't. It's always the same. Yeah, you know, same, same a year speed. is still yeah. same speed, but it's the way we perceive it. So that's extremely interesting because it starts to it allows us to start thinking differently about the per- perception of time. Yes. which is linear linear only when there is gravity because when there is gravity there are cycles and it induces linear time um but in the absolute time is not linear it's the way we perceive it as linear when we are incarnated in a gravity environment but when we are in space there's where there is no gravity interaction time is it's a static it's a sphere static you know <sighs> so and it vibrates so when you are in higher density or lower density you perceive it differently the different rates but it's still uh for instance you know um i would come from earth in my third dimensional body with my third uh, density consciousness and i would be on a ship with five density consciousness and eight density consciousness people the time would be the same for everyone but the higher they are the faster they experience the time but on the ship the time goes at the same rate for everyone it's just the way we would each of us experience it would feel different well, I would say that as a spiritual person, as an energy sensitive person, we're noticing that time speeding up. And to me, that that's verification of the fact that we're accelerating into higher frequencies. That's the yes. proof right there because it's science. There there's, there's a cause and effect and that that's why time is speeding up. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <It's my laughs> There's so much in your book because I just want to tell people about it. There's the history of humanity, the history of Elena's career as an Egyptologist. There's so much going on there and, and just really where we're moving to and even her own interpretation of the Anunnaki story, which I feel her interpretation is more valid than any other interpretation I've ever read. To me, that's just my intuitive kind of resonance with it. It's an amazing book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, now you mentioned the Anunnaki, that's the whole, um, the, you know, the, the enemy, uh, the DS, um, didn't want this knowledge to be brought to him, to humanity. Of course. The awareness. What I'm bringing in that book, they have tried to stop me writing this book in any way possible. You can't even imagine. Um, but I went through it because I'm not on my own. And uh, the gift that is brought to us is meant to liberate us. And it's already implemented in technologies that will be soon available for us. Um, they didn't want me to tell some truth about how humanity has been misled throughout religions. Yes. How, and that is, um, that is really hard to read and to, to understand, but it all makes sense. Uh, 
And sooner or later, we had to know, we had to know that because to, to allow us to, to shed the old, uh, illusion and move forward as a free individual. We, we, we are fractals of source. Yes, we are made at the image of God because not as a physical body, it doesn't go that way that God looks like a, a guy, a cloud. No, the other way around, source slash God. Um, it, we are a fractal of it. Uh, so uh, we are at its image because we are a fractal of source consciousness. You know what I mean? Yes. All, everything has been twisted reversed all the narratives inverted now that inverted so you know they cannot they couldn't kill me because if they would kill me they would enforce my message and validate as true so the best way to do was to discredit me to make everyone turn away from me thinking i'm lying and i'm a fraud that's what the deep state has been trying very hard to do until now that nobody believes the message um, of the emissary, but I am sorry, it's not working. <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's getting out there. But do you think, Elena, that their fear of your message, the fear of what you're sharing, just the fear of what we're all sharing, the light workers, the light beings that are out there trying to wake humanity up, is the fear based in the fact that they feel like they're not going to be forgiven for the things that they've done to humanity throughout the ages. Where is their uh, fear rooted? The fear of who, please? The, the, is the fear of the beings that run the deep state, the, the beings that are interfacing with the humans and the humans that uh, involve themselves in the deep state, are they afraid? Like, do they react? They cover things up. They discredit people because they're afraid that they will never be forgiven for the things that they do. So they have to keep fighting until they die. It's not a question of forgiving. It's a question that there's so much at stake. Uh, they would lose Earth as a possession and they would lose, lose access to human genetics. And that's, that's a big currency. It's a big business. Uh, so we're so valuable the that they're going to fight for everything just to keep some, yeah. some aspect of control. Yes, yes. And the 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 the, the magic or the science, the, the capabilities, the possibilities in human DNA, for them, they, they would like to crack the code, but they still haven't. Because we have the possibility to shift in other dimensions. We are walking, talking portals. And they want <laughs> to, to, to crack that and they haven't yet because there's a key missing. Yes, we are living stargates. Can you tell us about that a little yes. bit more? That's something you say in your book. We have stargates supposedly in our heart chakra. Where? How are we living stargates? Can you explain that to us, please? Yes, that's the way we are. Um, the human soul is made. And not only the, the, the human uh, of Terra, the humans throughout the, the universe, we are made like this. We have, uh, and this genetics enhances it, the signal, of course. Um, in the heart chakra and as well in the pineal gland. So with the pineal gland, we have um, a, a vortex that can allow our consciousness to travel dimensionally, interdimensionally. Uh, in our heart chakra, uh, it allows our whole light being 
to travel interdimensionally and everywhere. So um, it it's if we connect, we plug in our consciousness to it, and we activate it. Um, you know, we we can go anywhere we want by either either um, what we call astral projection or either by consciousness projection. <sighs> um, they they want they want that they want to crack out to do that. And you're saying that that's the power unique human to soul. humans. Is that unique to humans? It's unique to humans. Yes. Wow. And that's what they want to crack. They want the answer to that so they can get, incorporate that into their being, I guess. Yes. Power. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's always you know, such these, a driving the, the, motivator for, for all beings, it seems. Empires like the Sikar reptilian empires, they want to, they want to extend their positions. They are like the Klingon in Star Trek. But the greys, the real plague of this galaxy, they, the Nebu, and not the greys in general, sorry, the Nebu, the Orion greys, it's not about extending territory, it's extending the hive. So they want to assimilate uh, as much souls and consciousness as they, they can to, to the hive, to grow the hive. But the hive is quite... Um, ill at the moment so <laughs> <laughs> well like you said in your book we're, we're in a position of moving forward we're moving past the past of control oppression and all of the things that were holding us down as humans now like you said in yeah. your book it's up to terrans to stand as sovereign beings and to reclaim yes. our divinity and reclaim our beautiful planet and guide its wonderful destiny. It does require action. There is an action that needs to be taken. Yes. Yes. And that's why there are all this development of fear porn narratives. You're going to be saved or you know, someone is going to activate you or a cosmic solar shift is going to activate you. None of this. You are going to activate yourself. <laughs> Yes, and that you is know, take our goal. Yes, activate ourselves yes. with knowledge, personal development, resonating with love. These are all things that people can do to activate themselves. It's not that hard. It's just about making a personal choice. When you make that choice to choose love, then you will attract everything that you need to keep you on course. Would you agree with that? Exactly. Absolutely. It's very well said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Elena. Well, we've had an incredible episode. What a conversation we've had. We've talked about yes, so I much. continue for hours. I know we can just keep <laughs> going, but you're busy. Look, you, you have a mission. You're mm -hmm. out there spreading this. You're a busy lady. A lot of people want to talk to you of lots going on. So I just appreciate I you know. being here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing and to give a voice to people like me. Oh, anytime. You're always welcome back. And I do want to tell people where to find you. AlenaDanan.org. And I'm going to spell this for you in case you're just listening. And you're like, how do you spell that? It's E-L-E-N-A-D-A-N-A-A-N. AlenaDanan.org. You can go there. It has everything that she's about and everything that she's talked about. And she has three books the newest one is The Cedars. Highly recommend this. This gets my highest recommendation. I can't 
express enough how much you need to just go to wherever you get books and get this book right now. Get the Cedars and her other books are We Will Never Let You Down and A Gift from the Stars, which we covered the last time Elena was here. All incredible books. Please go and get the, read this information. Elena is putting this out there. She's dedicated her life to getting this information out there. She's put herself honestly in great peril and she's turned down other opportunities in life where she could have still been an Egyptologist, probably potentially working with Sahi Hawass as his assistant. There's different things yeah. that she could have done, but she didn't do that. She's here with us to give us this message. So, so do the right thing and get this book, get these books, understand this message. And before we go, Elena, you know, we have a reach now of 146 countries. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners every week and it grows every single day. Is there a message that you right now would like to leave the world? We're in such a great place of hope, of change, of moving forward. Is there something you want to leave people with? Yes. Um, be kind. Kindness <laughs> and respect. Kindness and respect. It's the way forward. And uh, the last two great tool of the deep state is to divide and conquer. And that's always been the catch sentence of the Roman Empire, which is now the Roman Holy Empire. <laughs> anyway, um, stop fighting with each other. This is distraction. Stop feeding the division narratives. Because when you are busy fighting and criticizing each other, you do not fight the real enemy and the real enemy is laughing. So now get on with each other because that's the only way we're moving forward. Yes, it is our duty truly to love each other as humans. It is our yes. spiritual duty to be in resonance and in the frequency of love at all times. Even though we make mistakes, that's our job. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Elena, for being here. Please hold through the outro music. And everyone, another great episode with Elena. You know she's going to come back and we're going to do this all again. And when she's here, it's going to be amazing. So thank you for being here and we'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.